Hello and welcome to The Good, The Bad and The Worst, a podcast where we watch movie trilogies and series and decide which movie didn't say the magic word. Uh, 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 you didn't say the magic word. Uh, 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 you didn't say the magic word. I'm your host, Griner, and joining me tonight... I'm Luke Morgan, and some of the worst things imaginable have been done with the best intentions. And I'm Dr. Conan. I suffer from a deplorable excess of personality. And podcasters don't want to be fed. They want to hunt. You can't just suppress 65 million years of gut instinct. Of course, we are doing Jurassic Park. These movies were vital to my childhood. I, Well, the first movie was vital to my childhood. I love this movie. I remember having puzzles of it. I remember having merch from it. I remember watching... My, my wife and I watched this movie together and we're like... When we taped it off the TV on VHS, this is where there was an ad, and this is where there was an ad. We both had a very similar experience <laughs> oh in our childhood. It was a great yeah. experience for us to watch it again. Boys, what's your experience with Jurassic Park? Luke, you can go first. Um, I don't have much, but I always, I always had this fear as a child of these movies, and like, I kind of looked at them as a horror movie. I feel like I've had seen maybe one or two scenes that my elder brothers were watching it. Um, and I, all I remember, like for years and years, the only scene I could remember was uh, Wayne Knight Newman from Seinfeld getting sprayed with this mm. black ink and being trapped in the car with the, the dinosaur killing him. Um, and as a big Seinfeld fan, that terrified me. And <laughs> I just always had this fear of Newman and dinosaurs spraying black, black ink on people. And I avoided watching it for the longest time. I feel like I watched the first one a couple of years ago for the first time in actual just sat down and watched it um but then even this time when i watched it i was like oh i didn't know samuel jackson's in this i was like mm. maybe i didn't watch it fully the, the last time either so this was really my first time watching it definitely my first time watching two and three um probably my last time watching two and three <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah it's something i always like i don't know even Obviously, we've always seen we've all seen the memes. There's all this iconic stuff that I've always remembered. I've always loved the theme song. The I like I was like, I liked Jurassic Park and the idea of it. I just never actually watched it. And I'd watched Jurassic World the second it came out because I was like, oh yeah, Chris Pratt, dinosaurs. This is cool. So how that, yes, how that, that was a mistake. <laughs> Not good. Yeah, I had a pretty similar experience. This was a big. I think Grana, you're a bit older than us. Your generation. This is pretty seminal to your yeah. upbringing. It's like. Yep. It's early 90s, but it's kind of, it's riding on that phenomenon of like 80s into 90s sort of uh, like, I can't remember, you know, like the sort of the, the new school directors, you got like James Cameron, like Spielberg started it before about that, but he's, you know, his career has gone on forever. And so they're super seminal to your generation, I think. And so my older brothers as well, this is often on our household. And I remember the scary parts and I remember not liking that as a kid. So I never saw it. It's been on my list of shame. It's one of the, the key movies that's been on that list like super important movies that i feel like i know enough about because i've seen all the references and i've seen all the scenes here and there um but i've never sat down and watched it but i think most of all i just don't care for dinosaurs i just i just never had a dinosaur phase and so this movie never interested me like i think that was a big part i was never like i never need to see the dinosaur movie i never needed to play with dinosaurs and even now i'm like yeah it's cool but i just don't care about dinosaurs my, my daughter's having a dinosaur phase at the moment and I'm kind of loving it. She's already like, yeah, she just points, points at dinosaurs and likes playing with dinosaurs all the time. It's fun. That's cute. It's fun. Why don't we get more dinosaur movies? Cause they're, it is a, you know, I reluctant to call it a genre, but, you know, it's a type of movie that we don't see many of. There was that recent movie, 65, which looked great in concept and then reviewed yep. terribly and I never went anywhere near it. Yes. I, I remember you being very disappointed that they'd spoiled that that was Dinosaurs. Yes, it would have been cool to... Twist. Yes, I think that would have been a cool twist anyway. Yeah. Mm. Are they just too hard to pull off? Like... You, you see it i think you kind of see part of the issue in this trilogy is that the first movie deals with a the first one deals kind of with the concept of like the dinosaurs are these artifacts that we like the artifacts of us playing god you know man plays god man tries to recreate something that they don't understand something that is completely like so ancient and almost mythological that 
when it's created, it's you know it's unleashing Pandora's box and it's destructive. And like that's that's something interesting about dinosaurs. We sort of know what they they are, but we don't really like you know even the skeletons you see are, are mostly mostly plastic and they're like this is what we had a shard of bone and we've added, we've analyzed it and this is what we assume it looks like and they do that so there is this sense of like we know that dinosaurs existed but we really don't know too much about them and so there's a sense of yeah they're almost half history half myth but then the other two films are kind of just like monster movies right they just kind of become the dinosaurs are the same as godzilla or king kong yeah and they kind of those are the only two things you can not maybe they're not, but those are the two natural paths for a dinosaur movie. I think there are these giant monsters that crush everything, and you, you know someone has to kill, or they're this relic for study. And I just don't. I honestly think part of it is people don't want to take on Spielberg either. Like, why haven't we seen another ET sort of film? Because everyone knows they're not going to do it better. Because that's the thing. How do you do a dinosaur film where? you deal with humans and dinosaurs interacting like, cause you, you're not going back in time and just watching dinosaurs interact with each other. You, mm. you obviously have to bring them to modern times almost. Yeah. How do you do that and not feel like Jurassic park and doing what yeah. they did in a way? Um, and yeah, the only other way to do it would be dinosaurs interacting. Nobody's toppling land before time either. So that's also true. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they really are a relic of their time and, and bringing them to the present is Jurassic Park. That's You're just copying yeah. that. I it's mean, like, I think 65 is an interesting concept that... Yeah, someone going back. I wish it worked probably better. I, I mean, maybe I should yeah. watch that movie before I pass my judgment, but <laughs> nothing I've heard makes me want to rush out and see it now. But Yeah. I, no, I, like, right. I, th- I think the dinosaurs can work in a horror context because the other movie that I thought of that does it pretty well is is, is, is it Kong Skull Island. Yeah, it's got a yeah. decent amount of dinosaurs in it, and it's a pretty decent movie. That I is agree, movie. but that that is also like half monster film, half yeah, you know, half Vietnam War film. Yep, and I think we're all yeah, we're we're all fans of that movie, aren't we? I love that movie. So I think much. it's, re- it's I think it's really under- it? yeah, I think it's underrated, but I just I don't think most people like that, unfortunately. But yeah. I think it's part of it's also just the CG of it, you know, like we didn't really get it until this was in '94, the original, sorry '93, the original Jurassic Park. And so CG was starting to come into its own. And you see in this movie, there's a lot of like, it's that good combination of practical effects with CG. So for the most of it, it looks pretty seamless. Um, but I guess we had to wait a long time to get that. It's just expensive. Like, yeah, you know, Jurassic World costs probably a billion dollars. And I guess when you just have that it much money. It also did make a lot of money too. Yeah. It, so I guess, yeah. But I guess that's the thing, when you've got that, like when you're going to spend money to make dinosaurs, you sort of need, it's that classic box office thing, you need to do a certain type of movie to sell it. Because if you spend $100 million on this small indie, you know, meditation on the dinosaurs, it's just not going to... Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Gonna sell. I'm not sure I understand what a small, small scale dinosaur movie is. Like, I don't yeah. know how you, how do you even make that work conceptually from a budgetary yeah. point of view? Like, it just doesn't... Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It needs to be big and it needs to be epic, and as a result, it needs to be expensive. Yeah, and the only way they're going to spend money on that if it's another sequel to Jurassic Park or Jurassic World, I guess. Yeah, like there is a real like Spielberg curse in a lot of ways, and once he yeah. touches something, he makes it so sort of so great that it kind of becomes impossible to ever. Like Jaws is the exception, but none of like no shark film has ever been close to being as good as Jaws. But you know, he generally when they he all makes feel it, like imitations of Jaws, yeah, like, no exactly, what. exactly right. And so I think by having the first sort of big dinosaur film be a Spielberg film, it's like that's it, that's it. We're never going to do that again. Pack <laughs> it up, boys. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's kick it off with some stats. Stats, 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 stats. Pretty big stats on these movies. Jurassic Park one, sixty-three million dollar budget, which feels like minuscule, but mm. I, I'd love to know what that is adjusted for inflation. I'm sure it's nearly a billion dollars. No, but I'm sure it's expensive. Uh, the box office, one point one billion dollars. It made. Uh, Jurassic Park two, seventy-three million dollar budget, made six hundred eighteen million. One point one billion. It's a big. It was. Well, Wait, I remember it being the biggest movie million? at the time. That's insane. Is that over its lifespan or is that just... Yeah, I mean, look, that was the worldwide statistics according to IMDb. I didn't go deep in on, uh, you know, its box office over time, but the worldwide gross is $1.1 billion. That's still pretty good. A quick Google search shows $1 million in 1993 is worth about $2 million now. So if the budget was, what, $65 million? 
125 million then yeah, yeah roughly yeah but still yeah a billion dots an amazing amazing return it's a big return uh lost world 73 million dollar budget 618 million dollar box office and jurassic park 3 93 million dollar budget and 368 million dollar box office <laughs> yeah people hmm. change the channel that's i mean I, that's it's still good still, still return people still turned out yeah. i mean with that. with hollywood 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 accounting it probably is a loss but yeah. Uh, the Metacritic scores a surprisingly low 68 for Jurassic Park 1. I think that is utterly criminal. Mm. Uh, 59 for Jurassic Park 2. That is also criminal in a different direction. And Jurassic, <laughs> Jurassic Park 3, 42 on Metacritic. Also, not what I was expecting, but I guess we'll get into it. Yeah. Yeah, this is one of those... I was surprised to see this, um, that the first one was so... And it's not low rated, you know, it's still mm. 68 is still good, but yeah, it's definitely not like the 90s, the 80s or 90s I was expecting. I mean, it's an 8.2 on IMDb, like the user scores, that's pretty high. Rotten yeah. Tomatoes has the first one as 91%, number two at 54%, um, and number three at 49%. Okay, so similar except for the first one, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I'm not really sure why. Like you see this sometimes, right? Classics just aren't appreciated in the time. I'm not sure why people didn't. I don't know. I, I, just, I don't know why people didn't like it at the time. I'm not really sure what that, like, what the reason for that would be, right? I mean, it could just be the quality of the movies was <laughs> good. Oh, you mean why the first one? Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah, like, yeah. I thought why... You why people stopped going to watch the second and third one. Oh no, no, that's that's no. that's easy to say. No, I mean. Like I think it's well known that this is a you know a bona fide top ten classic of all time. Like everyone knows what this you know this like this is one of the prime exam like relics of the, of the the culture at the time. Let, I'm let, sure. me, let me read you some reviews from Metacritic just for fun, just for fun. Uh, this, from the uh, from the Los Angeles time, when the big guys leave the screen, you'll be tempted to leave the theater with them. I guess he's saying the dinosaurs were the only interesting part of that movie. Yeah. Uh, the the Globe and Mail from Toronto. Perfectly passable kitty escapism. It has a thrill or two and a chill or three, but it has no sense of poetry, little sense of wonder, no resonant, sub, res, resonant subtext. This all sounds super wanky and like, I don't know, Ebert gave it a 75. My man, yeah. my man. Little sense of wonder, that's a weird criticism. That like. is a very strange criticism, yes. Yeah. Not, not sure I can agree with those. No. Few scores. Well, yeah, the other two though. Yeah, let's get into it, I guess. <laughs> Jurassic Park 1993, a pragmatic paleontologist touring an almost complete theme park on an island in Central America is tasked with protecting a couple of kids after a power failure causes the, the park's cloned dinosaurs to run loose. This sounds very similar to a screenplay I once wrote called Billy and the Clonosaurus. I don't know. I don't know if he, if he copied my idea. But. What were you thinking? <laughs> they're, they're, I mean, these movies really did permeate the culture, in my opinion. Like, there's so many references to it in The Simpsons. Um, there's so many memes from this that still go around. Like, I don't know if you guys. I love. I love the GIF of um, of Sam Neill on. Um, I'm gonna. I'm forgetting everybody's names. Sam Neill on on Jeff Goldblum's chest doing the um, doing the tri triceratops tri tri <laughs> the triceratops the triceratops breathing. That's that's the thumbnail for this podcast. Yes, that's it should what be. I've already I've already made the thumbnail <laughs> for it. It's a great it's a great. Image. I was gonna surprise you. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Jeff Goldblum, you know, sexy injured is yes. like a classic. Done, yeah. Did the really got like a resurgence when um when Ragnarok came out. And Jeff Goldblum became yes. like relevant to the to this generation again. Everyone's like, remember sexy Jeff Goldblum? Yep. Um, one of my favorite subreddits Reddits is it's a Unix system, which is just making fun of bad computer systems in TV and movies, like that don't make any sense in real life. Yep. At the end, when she's flying around the 3D space to look for files, Utter, utterly yep. ridiculous. Yeah. Yep. Clever girl. Clever girl is a good response to things. Clever yeah, girl. Bob, Bob text a little, little comment. Shoot her! Shoot her! <laughs> well, He's even the though, best part of this movie. I love him so much. He is real good. Even just like, I was just looking at the trivia here, you know, like the movie and the book, because Michael Crichton was a pretty big name. The book yes. was really, really big coming into it, did really, really well. The screenplay was option, optioned almost, I think even before it was released, it was one of those cases where like, 
you know, the it had so much prep and so much attention before it was even released that people were wanting to see the movie of it. But like the, both the book and the movie increased, um, like paleontology numbers increased. Like people got really interested. It's like the Top Gun effect. Yeah, you know, num- numbers shot up after this. Everyone started looking at dinosaurs, which is pretty, which is pretty telling, right? That the movie was relevant and the movie was just everywhere. Yeah. Did you? All right, Luke. You said this is the first time you probably saw this, right? Yes. As, I guess. What did you think? I I really enjoyed the first one. I like that's the thing. I think it holds up um, surprisingly well. And then even especially after watching two and three, I was like, "Man, the first one held up better." But like, I don't know. There's something still to it. Like all the scenes. Like I know. Obviously, I've seen seen before of this sort of thing but like you know when they first see the dinosaurs in the field and like the the awe moment that they have yeah um staring at that it still feels cool it doesn't feel like oh my god look how bad the cgi is Mm. like it's obviously not great and not believable in our today's world looking at it but i can still watch it and believe in that scene and like believe their awe you know Mm. um and I don't know I still find like the like the raptor scene uh, scary. I still found like the the dinosaur stalking Newman um, scary. I don't know if it was just childhood trauma, but like like you know I found that scary as well. The rain, it's lightning. Um, but you know I, I I enjoyed it. I, I I really enjoyed this. The performances are great. Like I don't know how they didn't retain both Goldblum and Sam Neill for like the second and third one, as in at the same time sort of thing. Like, I don't know. I really like the characters, but it's, yeah, it's interesting. The se- so the second movie is also based on a Michael Crichton book. And I believe Sam Neill's just not in the book. Mm. Okay. So like Thank his you. character's just not in the book. So he's just not in the movie. So what's it, interesting is a shame, yeah. but what's super interesting. Like that book was written basically to, to sell for a movie. Like they needed to make a sequel. So they're like, we, we need a movie for this. So Michael Crichton churned it out really quickly like didn't sort of put the love or the care, just needed a sequel. That's why it's a bit, you know, you could argue it's a much weaker concept. It's like, we need you to make a book so we can make a screenplay so we can then write, like make a movie of it. And I think that speaks a lot to the la- the less, qu- yeah, the lacking quality in it. Yeah. And so I actually, I think yeah. from my brief research, what I saw was like, there was a sort of this sense of like, the movie was kind of being made almost in tandem. And I don't know if they could get um, Sam Neill back for it. And so that's why I think that, Alan Grant was actually written out of the book for that exact reason. But like, I could be wrong. I didn't. Wow, you know, that's I didn't just that like, they did not go about that the right way. I don't feel no, like it's Yeah, it was just one of those weird instances of like, you need to. It's like um, the uh, Hannibal, where like they really wrote the, the third one, the third book of that, because like, we need to write this to make a movie to make this. And that's why it was a crap film. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's weird though to see then Samuel come back in number three. Yeah. yeah. Like, what's and going not on? Goldblum. Yeah, like, it's like I don't know, but yeah, like I don't know the the whole cast. Um, Laura Dern is great. Uh, Colonel yeah. Sanders, um, like <laughs> who I swear my brothers had convinced me Colonel Sanders had created dinosaurs and was in this movie, um, and I just believe it's not, it. It's not chicken you're eating. No, um, oh man, imagine there should have been marketing deals around that. They should have done an ad about that. But like oh. giant chicken wings, it's like pterodactyl wings or something. Yeah. That's a cool idea. Um, they, they, they probably did. There was so much merchandising, and, <laughs> probably, and probably tie-ins with this movie. The good old days of the early nineties. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Spielberg is just the king of that stuff, like the king of that sort of iconography. And it's like you yeah. can just tell on this. It's like you could, you could just make anything, right? You could make a T Rex and just sell it and be like, "This is a thirty dollar Jurassic Park T Rex," and people would be like, "It's from that movie." Like, yeah, he's a, he's a Jeep that's painted in the Jurassic Park colors. Yes, like, yeah, like, yeah. Like, like all that stuff feels yeah very merchandisable. Yeah. And like that symbol, just like the gates, the um, yep. you know, like the cover, the red, the red background with the black silhouette, like they are, they're on t-shirts, they're iconic. on, they're on yep. everything, right? Like it is, it is so iconic. I, you can't escape it. It's like, and that's the thing. Like watching this, like I've heard for years, like Conan. I know you're a big Spielberg fan, and watching this, <laughs> like I was like, no, Conan's right. Like I really, he he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. I'm not a Spielberg hater. Look, I'm not a Spielberg hater. I just, I think he is somewhat overrated we've talked about this on a different podcast and we're going to discuss it in the second movie okay i actually have no, pretty much nothing but praise to him in this movie because this is kind of a an exemplar of what he's good at like technically speaking this movie is pretty astounding just the yep. 
like I say, this this scene of like the, when you first see the dinosaurs and you got John Williams score playing, and it's just like this. John it's, like, it's honestly like this is cinema. You're like, holy crap, everything yeah. is working. And Who it's, isn't it's, feeling something during that scene, right? Like exactly. And like, dead, like I said, you know. yeah, I don't care for dinosaurs, but seeing like just the way it's framed, like the way everything is blocked and framed, you can see like you're looking down from their perspective, and there's just these enormous like dinosaurs in the background in this beautiful setting. It's amazing. It is. It's majestic. And it's truly like, oh, this is how you make this. This is how movies work. And that's yeah. kind of, that's that's what Spielberg does really well. Like he just he doesn't do things overly fancy. He's just like, this is a practical way of making something, and I know exactly how to make you feel something. I know how things I know how the world should exist cinematically. And like I think everything like the water scene, which the water cup. Yep. When um mm-hmm. the T Rex is a, that's probably like the most well known scene from the movie, I'd say. And you're like Two point grade, the amount of things that reference that, right? Just yeah. Any anytime there's anything coming, like a lot of fat, a lot of fat jokes got made in films from the nineties yep. and two thousands with True. that scene. Yep. yep. And things like like did that right there. It's like that's genius. That's an ingenious way of showing something and building tension. And it's like yeah, he, the um when they're going through the park and he, they're, they're like, this is the the raptor. It spits venom onto people's faces to blind them. And it's like oh okay. And then we see that all play out later. We see yeah. that happen. We see the raptors. So we like it's cause and effect. It's that foreshadowing. Yep. Like he's just the, the raptors hunt in packs. You know, you'll see one ahead of oh. you, but the one beside you is going to be the one that gets you. And that's exactly what happens. Like, like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's I kind of agree with you about Spielberg. Like he, it's easy to feel like he's the almost the default director in some ways. Like he's mm. he's the default for decent cinema. But yes. I think this movie. Like is is high, is elevated. It's higher than that. It's better than that. It's not not default cinema. It does like I would love to maybe see this movie in the hands of another director that's maybe better. Like I think that there's probably interesting things there that could happen. But the, you're mm-hmm. right. Like the second movie, very very meh. Yeah. Like super meh at best. So, at best. Yeah, and like they're a, they're a fascinating case study. I think. Yeah. Um, so you you enjoyed this movie, Conan, because this is the first time you've properly watched it. Yeah, like I did. I um, a lot of things I was, you know, I came into thinking, okay, this is a five star film. I'm expecting to be blown away and be like, wow, where have you been all my life? I was, you know, I already pre ordered a bunch of dinosaurs that were coming out. <laughs> I bought some, I bought some stock in a cloning facility case, and I wasn't, you know, at the end of it, I wasn't like best film ever, but I was like, I, I can see what I respected. I, I hmm. there, I do have an emotional distance from. I think purely because. Is like I don't have that nostalgic connection. Yeah. Too much of the movie he is already known to me through pop culture and yep. everything. And so I'm like, yeah, I kind of know what's going on. Like I was, I was surprised at parts. Like the whole, the whole Newman espionage <laughs> subplot is really like I just didn't realize that was a thing. Yeah. No, neither. I but do you, like, like oh, I don't know. That, that's another meme that goes around all the time. Him, him, and at the beach, and he's saying, "Nobody cares. Nobody cares yeah. that you're here talking to me." Like that, you're right. I totally, and I knew that scene, but I was always like. I remember whenever I looked at it, like, context, yeah. I was like, "Why is this in? How does this work in this movie?" Yeah, and now yeah. I know. I'm like, so there's all this stuff that I didn't know, sort of how the the mechanics of the movie worked. I guess. Yeah, but yeah, it's really admirable. It is really. I did enjoy it definitely, and like there, you know, the T Rex attack is really tense, and there's a lot of really scary parts in this. And yeah, like, T Rex scene holds up in the rain. It does. Like it looks yeah. good. I feel like I think I think this is a really good like study of how to use CGI because. We get it in like yeah. the big long shots where you're not looking at fine little details and then it's like dark and stormy and we're seeing glimpses of the T-Rex running after them. Yep. And yep. there's a lot of puppetry involved in those scenes too. But when it's like purely running after them, that's going to be CGI. But it works really well in that scene because it's dark and it's stormy. Yes. Um, yeah. It's just, yeah. But this, the use of practical effects really is, uh, they're so good in this movie. Like, yeah. You're, yeah. It's, um, it's one of those great examples of, yeah, like, Less, sort of less is more and yeah. like restraint 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 not yielding what's the word restraint creating like the best option like you can tell they're like okay we can't show the dinosaurs everywhere so how do we do it we have a scene where we see the water jiggle and so we know that something big's coming and it's like that's it that's the best yeah. way you could have did this and let's let's lower lower the cow down into the cage and then just show the show the the, the harness all yeah. done. we don't <laughs> we don't need to see them tearing it up yeah 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 exactly it works so much more it's um yeah, it's like it's pretty remarkable. Um, Gerardo, like your this is like a ten out of ten for you movie. Is this like one of your all time greats? I look, it's not a. There's other movies that I would probably rather go back and watch. I have a lot of nostalgia for it. It is a movie that I watched when I was pretty young. 
and it you know had a big impact on me like i was really into dinosaurs at the time and i was really into dinosaurs after that um yeah. like i said i remember getting merch for it i remember you were the dinosaur kid yeah i was, I was in a lot of ways like i remember watching this movie on vhs till i wore it out um yeah. Yeah, okay. And yeah, like it's just those lots of those scenes we we would just quote all the time, like clever, clever girl. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, especially his his lines, I guess. But everything Bob Peck, yeah, yeah. Did you, just, what are you? What was it like? What were your parents thinking when, like, when they showed this? So I was wondering what you miss because, like, there is a lot of scary stuff, right? And like, this is a family friendly film, quote unquote. Hmm. There is, there is, like, it was essentially made for family entertainment. But there's a lot of like really scary stuff, like a surprising amount of violence. Yeah, there is. I think like they do undercut a lot of it in some in cases. Like there's that really sense, tense scene with the T Rex, like knocking over the cars trying to get to the kids with, when they got the torch on and stuff like that. And then it goes yeah. and eats the guy on the toilet. Yes. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, it kind of undercuts the tension. It kind of undercuts the horror. Um, mm. But I do that's remember right. being really scared of like the kitchen scene with the raptors. Yeah, it's yeah, oh, such a good. Part. It's a, such a good great. scene. Again, parody to all hell, but uh, <laughs> just I don't know. I I don't remember being that scared of it as a kid, and I was a kid that got scared really easy. I, yeah, I'm not right. sure what it, I'm not sure what it was about this movie, but it wasn't. It didn't haunt me like other movies did. Mm. Like if this movie had been about aliens, I wouldn't have been able to sleep at night. But okay. I don't know for some reason it just worked, and I like kids my age love this movie. Like I, I knew lots of people who'd watched this movie and loved it. So that's what I mean. That's what surprised, sort of surprised me about it. Like everyone who watched this, everyone watched this when they were kids when it came out. Everyone loves it who saw it when they were young. Hmm. And then, like this happens in a lot of the sort of eighties family films. Like you know, they're just a lot. You can just do more. You can show more violence. They're a bit more adult and scary. Yeah. I feel like I saw a lot of beheadings in those movies. I'm not sure why. <laughs> <laughs> they probably shouldn't have. Yes. And it's just one of those things that um. Yeah, but no one was like, oh, I was terrified of Jurassic Park. Everyone was like, no, I love that movie. And mm. I was kind of surprised. I'm like, and I'm trying to figure out why. Like, do you reckon it's the Spiel, like, sort of the marriage of Spielberg's, like, innocence with it? Or I think I he know. does. I think he has a, a way of doing that because you don't, you don't directly see a lot of people die either. Like, again, no. there's the lawyer on the toilet, which is kind of hilarious in, in context. Yep. I don't think you ever see the raptors actually tear anyone apart. No, um, the car so just like, shakes with Newman as well. Yeah, that's yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. The the the, the death of Newman's basically off screen. You, um, Samuel L. Jackson, like they find his bloody arm, but they don't see him get that's, killed. Yes, yeah. You don't see that's the right, hunt, you, you don't actually see the hunter die. He's just like clever girl, and then and you know he's dead. Yeah, um, and like the kids survive. All the main, most of the main characters survive, and they're able to you know outsmart the the dinosaurs. Yeah, I think yeah, I could- I, it's like. It is it is scary, but I think yeah they do. There is an innocence there. You're right. Like there's a mm. almost almost a PG thirteenness to it in some ways, even though it feels more violent than that. Yeah, I guess yeah, it feels more violent than it is, which I guess is probably is the testament, right? That mm. it, like, it's pretty hard to do that. So you need a good filmmaker who can who can achieve that. Yeah, Luke, would you show this to your to your kids at five? I did. I did. I did. That's yeah, my my son was like, "This is scary," and I was like, "No, watch it." And I was like, "You'll like it." <laughs> no, you'll enjoy Jurassic Park. Watch, I was like, "Watch this scene. This one spits venom. Watch this." I'm like, <laughs> That's going to happen to you trauma. if you're not a good boy. Yeah. <laughs> um, he yeah he, he wasn't a big fan um of it, and he okay. was a dinosaur fan as a, uh, when he was younger. Uh, my daughter really loved it. Um, yeah, right. so, yeah, so that's, that's, that's the way it goes. And she really enjoyed it. Uh, I didn't put them through two and three. Um, so they, they just have that happy memory of the first one. So yeah, <laughs> good. Yeah. Do they want to watch Jurassic world now? That's what, is- what I'm going to tell them. Like whenever we do that trilogy, um, I'm going to tell them, I'm like, now it's star Lord is fighting the dinosaurs. <laughs> Kids Let's go. <laughs> Uh, Samuel L. Jackson's ability to talk with a cigarette in his mouth is something to be lauded. Like it's, <laughs> it's outs- I like, it. I really like his character in this movie. Like he's just so, he's very nonchalant about a lot of things, but just yeah. sitting there smoking constantly, it's great. Yeah, yeah he's, he's super cool. Yeah, I didn't realize he was in this either. Yeah, he's a great addition. Like 
a lot more quirky characters than I sort of expect. Like Samuel Jackson, he's not like crazy weird, but he's just like you say, he's a nice sort of offset. Newman is obviously this weird, like you know, you see him, he's just like <laughs> I'm underappreciated. No one like in my life, no one loves me, and he's just such an ass hat. Yeah, yeah, he plays and obviously. He does. And then obviously Goldblum's a big one, right? He's this very strange, like, eclectic mathematician, like chaos mathematician. Like, I don't understand why he's there, really. Like, it doesn't really make sense to have him on the island. But I'm glad he is. I'm glad he's there to flirt with Sadler. Like, yeah, Yeah. it's great. (laughs) Um, It it caught me by surprise, like, just knowing Goldblum and everything, that he's kind of like the reasonable one where he's, like, Mm. actually telling him, like, this is a bad idea. Like, what are you yeah. doing? Like, you shouldn't be doing this. Um, you know, you'd think it'd be the opposite way sort of thing. But, yeah, no, mm. I really enjoyed his character and his, and his dynamic with Sam Neill, like their yeah. character and stuff like that. So, I think they've got that. There's a great trope you see sometimes of, like, you know, two or three characters who all – they're all sort of – they've got the same macro goal, but they kind of – they're also, like, antagonistic to each other and they all sort mm. of, like – so they're not friends as much as they are, like – you know, we've reluctant friends. We've got to get this together. And that's what they have. Like yeah. Malcolm, Sam Neill and Jeff Goldblum are like, we don't really like each other, but we, you know, we're both sort of intrigued and we're both stuck here with this crazy rich man. And yeah, you're right. It just makes all the all their interactions a lot more fun. It feels like a rival, than, rivalry in a lot of ways. Like, yeah. It's yeah, yeah. Throw Laura Dern in the middle. It's kind of this, um, yep. this, yeah, this like sort of subtextual conflict. It's really good. Yep. But obviously, um, Richard Attenborough is really good. He is. Yeah, very good casting. Yeah, yeah. I say really got a real Colonel Sanders vibe to it. It's just pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> there's a there's the weird cartoon they watch, like the I, long. Cartoon. I was just going to say how good that cartoon is. Like it, it's a real info dump in that moment, but oh. it in context it fits so well with that theme park ride and everything else. It's a host um, of what we would see in like high school. Exactly. Stuff. Like I feel like it. Yeah. I feel like it fits in that scene really well, and it just explains the hell out of how the how they have dinosaurs in 1993. Like it makes, oh, of course, they got the DNA out of amber. Why not? I believe it. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, so do I. Like, why aren't we doing this? I don't know how it ever works. We need to find a mosquito. Come yes, on. we just need BD Wong and some amber and we're good to go. <laughs> yeah. BD Wong's good. I like BD Wong. He's a yeah. nice addition. He's... He hasn't aged between that and world. That's right. He comes back in world and he looks like he's the same age. <laughs> he's <laughs> exactly the same. Uh, All right. Weird. Uh, anything else you want to mention about the good one? Uh, no, it's really good. I like that thing. This we t- touched on it earlier, but the score's classic, and like yeah, hearing it again as the gates open, and it's just yeah, I don't know. yeah, I that, that, that helicopter landing and the gates opening, and yeah, them drawing is so good. Yeah, but actually, touching on like my kids liking it, um, Noel, uh, like my son knew all of. It already because he'd played Lego Jurassic Park in the oh, video really? game, so he he basically knew everything that was going to happen as it was coming. He's go. like, I know what happens here, Dad. I was like, okay. <laughs> it's different in the Lego version, but yeah, people just break into a million pieces in that version. Yeah, <laughs> it's much more violent. All right, Jurassic Park two, the lost yes. wo- the lost world. A research team is sent to the Jurassic uh, to Jurassic Park Site B. Island to study the dinosaurs there while an InGen team approaches with another agenda. Sorry, I got confused because the IMDb picture has Sam Neill in it. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. I don't like the title of this, The Lost World Colon Jurassic Park. Yeah. It's all, it's, it's all backwards. It's terrible. It it's is, all backwards. It's backwards. This movie just super does not click with me. And I seeing the ratings, like this one being higher than number three even made me feel like, am I the only one that really hates this movie or no, is it not. just you're bad? <laughs> From the get-go, this feels so like, and Conan talking about the whole thing with the book earlier, like mm. made it clear for me, but like, I don't know. It, it just seems so like we, we're going back. We need to go back yeah. and this, you're going to be stuck in this thing. Even like, um, like Colonel Sanders, like for him to just be, it feels unnatural for his character. I feel like after the end of the first one, to just be like, no, it's going to work this time. Like it's all, it's all good now. Yeah. Like go back. So, um, is this the one where he's dying, or is that the third one? He doesn't show up in the third one at all, and no, it's, okay, so it's, this, it's implied this in this one that he's reaching the end of his life. Goldman's yeah, tricked because his girlfriend's there, and it's yeah. just <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's got that yeah because he goes and sees him in the hospital, like in his mansion hospital. Yep. Hey, yeah. Yeah, 
Yeah. And InGen has been taken over by whoever else is taking over it. That's right. Which, yeah, yeah the whole the whole conceit of like, oh, there's a whole other island where we were breeding dinosaurs this whole time. It's like, mm. what? Why? Why did you <laughs> why? need? Why yeah, did what? you need this? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, it reeks of just like yeah, that there was a, you know some I'd, someone returns or it's just like oh we had a secret backup in case. It's God, yeah. really. We were building another Death Star. Star. Like, somehow the T Rex returned. Like it's just yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, this this movie is is a mess. It's crap. It's um, it's not good at all. I was expecting yeah. it to. I was expecting it to be. You know, like a sort of a a lesser version of the first, and it's just not. It's yeah. Like, and on on paper, like I know you said why why it doesn't work, but you know it's still written by Michael Crichton, still directed by Steven Spielberg. It, yeah. In theory, it should be right. Yeah, just and and a decent sequel, but it has no wonder to it. it has no yeah, awe, no. It has no, no like nothing. It if it, that's the thing. And Karen touched on it earlier. It feels like a monster movie. Um, mm. So it doesn't feel like, oh, wow, look at these dinosaurs again or anything like that. And I don't know, part of that is Sam Neill not being there and he's the person, you know, you know was, is like, has this like um, thing for them. But growing up, what was your feeling on watching this? Like, did you watch, were you excited when this was coming out? So no, been- like I, I remember, I don't remember seeing it as a kid at all. Oh, okay. I, I probably did once, like I probably rented it from the video shop or something. Yeah. I remember watching it with my wife because she likes to watch these as a trilogy and I don't know why, but <laughs> we watched we watched them together and I'm like, these other two movies suck. Like, why do you yeah. do this to yourself? Just watch the first one. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's completionist. Yeah, okay. yeah. I guess so. Yeah, yeah I wonder. It didn't click with me. Like, because this is the one with Peter Stormare in it, isn't it? I like yep. Peter Stormare. Mm. Oh, and there's, Peter there's, Stormare, Pete Postlethwaite, like still good yeah. cast. Because then obviously it t- goes in the different direction where it's like, okay, now we've got commandos on here and it's all basically like let's gun them down and hunt them down yeah. all this sort of stuff. It changes the whole vibe of the movie. But it just, I don't know, it just feels, I don't know. It just feels, it's a hard movie to talk about. It feels weird to me. It just feels like nothing. The things, the thing that doesn't work for me is it's it's a lot more CGI based. So the yes, this and the CGI is not much better than it was in 1993. It doesn't feel like so. It's not like it's at the level it needs to be to hold up. But they um, think it is. That's the yeah. Problem. I think I think <laughs> you're right. Yeah, and I, th- I feel like a lot of the um, what am I trying to say? Like a lot of the the big moments aren't dinosaur based. Like there's that big set piece where they they're. Their, what is it? It's a big trailer or whatever is falling off the cliff. Yeah, that's, and that's, that's the central part. Yeah. That's caused by dinosaurs, but then the dinosaurs piss off and it's just them like trying not to fall out of this this car that's falling up, like this trailer that's falling off the edge of a cliff. It's just really like, yeah, like compare that to the scene with the, with, um, the T-Rex in the first movie. It's oh, just yeah. totally, totally backwards. I mean, yeah, it's basically the same scene. Like it's, it's, sim- it's similar, but the, the but the dinosaur then pisses off and do, like doesn't yeah. do yeah. anything. Yeah, like it's yeah, it's essentially the same thing. But yeah, they've got none of the none of the sort of yeah, none of the one doesn't include the dinosaur. There's a lot more just like character banter. Yeah. I don't know. It's, this whole yeah, it feels like a, like a, a sum of all its parts. Like every sort of choice it makes <laughs> is the wrong choice. And I was thinking about like Spielberg has made sequels before. Like obviously he made the three Indiana Jones, sorry four Indiana Jones films. Um, and he did. Uh, there's one other sequel that he did that I'm forgetting. Et two. No, I made Jurassic Park. Et two. But E two. E number two. Like, but he's not. You know, he's not a huge sequel guy. Everything else is sort of original. This movie really feels like he's kind of playing at like what this feels like to me is he's look. He's come back. And he's like, okay. What do people come to me for? And I think he's at a weird point in his career. He's kind of, he's post the eighties where he's done like that, you know, nostalgic eighties wonder. He's post his gritty seventies. He's entering this stage where he's a bit more experimental. He doesn't really know what to do. And I think he's trying to sort of recreate. He's trying to make a Spielberg film, but it's like when he's trying to make a stripped down or like, he's like, okay, I'm going to make this. And when you try to make something like that, rather than try to make the best movie you can, it never goes right. You know, any any time a director has been like, "I wanted to make a X film," it's never that good. It's always mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, it feels weak," and if you can see the effort, and you can see kind of that you would. Whereas the first one feels like he's like, "I'm just trying to make the best movie I can." Yeah. Whereas I like, think this one feels really intentional, 
and it's trying to hit all these marks and it never it never works. It's like hey, it's a it's a poor monster flick. There is no story to this. Like like this what is the story? It's like I've got to go and escape rescue the my island. Girl. Like yeah, yeah. Like, I've got to rescue my girlfriend, my girlfriend and escape. Yeah, but she's like I don't want to be rescued. I'm like oh, okay, well that was that was awkward. Also, it's don't got, believe their relationship for a second. Not not at all. <laughs> it, it introduces all these bad characters like Vince Stormare's, Vaughan. Vince Vaughn's pretty bad in, but I like I really like Vince Vaughn. Goblin's yeah. daughter is awful. Yeah, that gymnastic scene. Oh my just, god, oh, it's so it's bad. So bad. She does it. Does a little flip to kick the raptor out the window. It's yeah. shocking. It's awful. Like all the tension's gone. It's got Jack Sparrow syndrome, where Goblin is a better. Goblin's not a leading man. Yeah, his right. Character, 100%. His character's not a leading man. Yep. And like they really need Alan Grant. They really need Sam Neill there to just be like, let's like say, so that voice for the audience, be like, oh, here's the here's my knowledge of dinosaurs, yep. and I'm also like a bit more of a stoic outsider. It's he's not great as like an action hero. And then the whole last seat, the whole last section where it's like the T Rex is in San Diego is the stupidest crap I've ever seen. <laughs> oh man, very <laughs> unnecessary. Yeah. I, here's the thing. I was like. Because I felt like this movie just dragged on. Yes. It's, it's two hours, but it felt like three. I, and, I really struggled to stay awake during this movie, so I've got to be honest. Yeah. And like, yeah. I honestly felt like that scene of like the, the van hanging over the thing, I felt like that went for 25 minutes where every time they'd yeah. fall down the rope again, I'd be like, yep. no, yep. Be like, just climb. Yep. I was getting annoyed with it. It's yep. like playing Uncharted and like things just kept breaking and then falling. I'm like, oh my God. Um, yeah. And then when it came to the end and it gets off the boat and like goes to the city, I'm like, oh, okay. I was like, this is where it's going to go to credits. And it's like, oh my God, the dinosaurs in our world. And then it didn't. And then it went for like another half hour. I was like, what? I was like, oh my God, this is now just still going. But it just, yeah, yeah, it doesn't end. I can't remember if it was a, if it was a direct quote I saw or if it was someone's talking about it, but they're saying how like Spielberg essentially was like, I want to make a monster film. And that's why that whole past, that whole last half hour feels just like a King Kong. It's a King Kong ripoff, right? Like they bring the animal to the city. They're like, yeah. we'll be able to tame this beast. And sure enough, it gets out and it starts. It's like, and so it really feels like he kind of, that's what he wants to make. The whole movie is, like, I just want to do that scene. Yeah. He's got it. He's like, I don't really know what to do, but I'll make it and just get there. Yeah. 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 The, t- the, the T-Rex like no longer acts like a T-Rex. It's eating dogs, but then leaving people in the house. Yeah, I'm scared. It's like just staring him down. It's like, just uh, really stupid. It doesn't. It's so yeah. out of place. The raptors yeah. in this movie don't feel like the raptors in the first movie. Like there's no, there's no sign that they're clever. They're not hunting you. They're just trying to vicious, viciously claw their way under a door. Or mm. do you know what I mean? Like they never. It's never that that you know they're stalking you or whatever. Like we get in the first yeah. movie, which is so much yeah. more interesting. This is what I was saying before. Like, there's no intelligence to it. Like, mm. they're just they're just animals, and this becomes a theme in the third one as well. Like, they're not because the first one really talks about how, like, you know, Sam Neill's whole thing is he's like the raptors are smarter than we thought. They hunt in packs. He's like these animals are all these creatures are all really really intelligent. We don't really understand them, and that's why the whole thing is like you know we they try to tame them and it goes wrong. Whereas yeah. in this they are they are just monsters. They are just like animals. Yeah. Like I said, the raptors are just everything's just trying to kill everybody, but the T Rex is a bit weirder and. Yeah, there's kind of no, there's no intelligence to them, or and so it doesn't it remove any sort of interesting dynamic between the. It's just people trying to survive. Yeah, and so you're like, yeah, obviously I want to see them kill these bad monsters. Whereas in the first one, that wonder of these dinosaurs really does feed into the whole like, yeah, they're more majestic than we realized, and then killing. Deadly. Yeah, and that kind of feels not like not right, but it's like, yeah, they they're killing machines. They're like ultimate ape like predators. We should have known this. It's our own fault. Whereas this one, it's just yeah. like, yeah, you know, raptors are just killing everybody. It's, it's okay to kill them. It just feels it cheapens them a lot. Yeah, and it makes me mad. It's it's upsetting. It really is upsetting. Yes. All right, we move on. Do we get away from this? Do you want to say any more about how bad Spielberg is now? <laughs> I just remember. It's like, wait, Spielberg. Uh, no, look. This is just this goes. All right, this speaks to a few points. Number one, it speaks to the fact that he is somewhat of an. I don't know if an overrated director is right. I was thinking about the same as James Cameron, right? James Cameron is a really great director, but he's made some garbage. Name one garbage film. Avatar. Avatar two. Get out. Oh, get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> like he is. He's not untouchable. But is there any untouchable director though? It would be my argument. 
Probably not. Uh, uh, no David, one, Fin- David Fincher. I like, I love Fincher, but I don't think all his movies are perfect. Name a bad Jack. one. Oh, I'm trying to think of a bad one. Benjamin Peter Button. That's, that's maybe his best. Screw you. Nah, you stop with that nonsense. Let's get out of here with that nonsense. <laughs> that, movie, that movie's awesome. Look, you're probably right. And so I, I am cautious to be like, he's bad because he made one bad film, but he's made a lot of misses. He's he had, has. Yes, he, he's had an yes. incredibly prolific career. Yep. So it's hard to be like, you know, out of 100, well, how many has he directed here? He's directed 60 things. Out of all of those, it's like, yeah, if you have 20 misses, that's still a, you know, better than 50% hit yep. rate. I just think this is a good example where it's like he's not untouchable. And he, this is the movie that's like there has no DNA or soul or essence into it. Yes. And what, what irks me about Spielberg is that everyone's like he's an auteur and he's not a friggin' auteur, okay? You watch this movie and you're like, what am I watching? It's just a bad mess of choi- bad choices. There's Villain no view. like, huh? Villain view. Yeah, perfect. Denise, per- Denise Villeneuve. Perfect Denise. filmography. You're right, sure. 100%. Okay, I'll, I will give you that. And so I just think this is, a, number two really speaks to like, wow, this guy is, he's kind of like a savant. He is like, genius level at some points but then when he sort of goes wrong on this is it just really goes off the rails and like i don't know lost world is there's very little honestly there's very little good about it yeah and then like how does this guy who's considered one of the best if not the best director to ever exist how is he like how did he make this movie like we need to engage with that when we talk about it. Wasn't a passion project at no, all. No, this, this movie is soulless. I'm yes. contracted yeah. to do another one to make money. Yes, yeah, That's, you're right. Now look, yeah. I don't hate Steven Spielberg. I just think everyone needs to calm down when they're like, "How good Steven Spielberg?" <laughs> Let's just chill out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. We need to talk right. more about David Fincher in all situations. He needs to make a trilogy. He does. Oh. Jurassic yeah. Park 3, a decidedly de- a decidedly odd couple with ulterior motives convinced Dr. Grant to go to Isla Sauna for a holiday, but a holiday, but their unexpected landing startles the island's new inhabitants. I don't think a holiday was the reason they were going, but no, uh, that's <laughs> strange. Like, look, so- this movie is not as good as number one, obviously, but I think it's a better movie than number two. I agree a hundred percent. So do I. Thank goodness. I'm really surprised. I thought, yeah, I thought I was going to be alone, alone in this. No, because I had this argument with my wife. I was like, yeah. oh no, I think yeah. I'd like three more. <laughs> mm. My wife and I argued about this because we were talking about it before we watched them, and then after we watched them, she's like, "I think you're right." I'm like, "Damn right, I'm right." Wow. Yeah. yeah. You go. Just, hmm. Yeah. It feels more. It, it still feels a bit monsterish, but it doesn't feel as monsterish. It feels different. Um, mm. I, I don't know. I quite liked the whole birdcage aspect of the final act, like yeah. this, like discovery, and it, it felt kind of otherworldly. This like thing of like, oh my god, we're in this cage, and this all all this stuff is like actual bird droppings for like, you know, t- um, pterodactyls and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah. And I don't know. Sam Neill is way more of a leading man than Jeff Goldblum, and yes. he just he helps. His movies. He, he carries this movie quite a bit, I think. Yeah, yes. he's pretty necessary. Yeah, you're right. Like, this is still a monster movie at the end of it. Like, the whole thing is about, you know, like, they're kind of their animals. Again, it's like they're animals and they're trying to be exploited, but they shouldn't be. But it kind of combines that with that old sort of wonder, like that pterodactyl scene where it's like they're in this enormous, you know, it's so foggy in there you can barely see past the bridge. It's like this yeah, doesn't feel real. Yeah, it looks cool. It yeah, it looks really cool. It's like these are, these are still these kind of like pseudo mythological creatures. Yeah. So they're not, they're not, it doesn't deal with them as well as the first one does at all, but it's, it deals with them better than the second one. It's like, they're not just animals either. There is something more to them. Um, yeah. I think that, I think that works. Like it's, I think, yeah. I think this movie only falls over in a few places. Like it falls pretty hard, but I think, Sometimes. all right. So the kid surviving on his own, like yeah, it, of, it feels kind of mad max, you know, he's running around collecting T-Rex pee and yeah. grenades. Like, it just, it, it's its so unbelievable to me when everything yeah. else is supposedly fairly grounded. Spielberg right. needs to have kids in these films, like all well, of his films. But this, yeah, this isn't Spielberg, though. So this is... Oh, true, yeah. Yeah, notable part, this is Joe Johnston, favourite of the pod. Yeah, he's who's actually a pretty good director, right? Like, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. <laughs> 
Yeah, um, and then I think the, the other part where it falls over is the the new big bad. I can't remember what it is. Is it an Allosaurus or something? Yeah, bad choice. <laughs> Doesn't work great. And then giving it the, the mobile phone in its belly to... Mm. Like, give me a cup of water. That's such a better way to know that this big dinosaur is coming. Get out of here with your phone. It's stupid. <laughs> yeah. Like, this movie definitely feels more silly. Like, that, the phone in the belly is, like, a sort of a pretty gimmicky. Yeah. William H. William H. Macy's, like, really good as just, like, the bumbling kind of, yeah. you know, the bumbling father with the heart of gold. Yeah, I like, I enjoy the reveal of, like, oh, He's not my, a CEO, my corporation is a bathroom <laughs> supply store. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it brings a lot of pathos to it, and like, but it's also a bit more silly, right? It's like he's, you know, he's bumbled into this situation, and it's like he's always kind of he's a bit useless. Yeah. So that there was one other part I was trying to think of that feels ridiculous. So it, to me, it's the raptor scene at the end where they blow the they blow the the, the carved flute, and they leave him alone. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the whole raptors talking yeah. where they're like, yeah, they basically have long conversations to each other. He plays an ocarina feels, and they leave him alone. It feels so like. Look yeah. how smart they are. They're having a conversation. Yeah. Like, let's show them. Get that. That's but, a yeah. very Jurassic World plot line. Get that out of here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot more, yeah, silliness to it. But um, I know I don't I don't hate that on its own. Right? Like, I think that's okay to have a yeah. goofier, sort of more fun Jurassic Park, especially after number two, where it's trying to still remain self serious and it's just lost it. Yeah. I, I was, yeah, I was happy with that change. Um, because you're right for the rest of like for the most part, the rest of the movie works surprisingly well. Like it's there's a there's a clearer sort of you know quest and purpose here. Yeah, the island has a real sense of place that number two definitely didn't. Like number one mm. is really good in that way. Like they, you know, they're along this track and they revisit landmarks. Here's the big gates. Yeah. You know, here's the visitor center. Like you've really, I don't know. I always feel like I know where I am on the island when they're they're touring yeah. around. And this movie kind of has a, has a bit of a sense of place as well. Like you can feel them moving their way through the island. Number two, I don't feel like has that at all. Like, yeah, it's definitely not. Yeah, Coke Zero version of the first one. Like it's just, <laughs> it's just not the same. But yeah, I that's the thing. I um, two things. Like I, because obviously the second one has the opening shot of like the kid interacting with the little dinosaurs and then pecking pecking her life or whatever yeah. um and this third one that's starts right, with them yeah. parasailing and getting you know the, yeah the, the boat getting destroyed and it's like oh my god what's this water one um but the wife is annoying as hell Taylor, yeah she's she's not great i just don't like it's like the screaming and just like it's that um, Temple of Doom aspect of like the woman just always yelling and screaming and running away and acting megaphone. all. Yeah, like it's yeah just... the megaphone part. Yeah, yeah. You're right. That it's was not... when I was like, okay, nah, I'm I'm not 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 about this movie, but um, yeah, yeah. But I felt like I got over that towards the end. But there was just a few scenes where I was just like, oh my god, like I'm sick of this already. Yeah, it's it feels kind of necessary to like for her to bounce off. Uh, William H. Macy, like her, you know, he's just kind of so like, so sort of pitiful, you know, he's like, I had this crappy business and I've lost my kid and I lied and I'm like, I'm, I'm going to get us all killed. And she's just kind of, she's just sort of angrier and kind of doesn't care either. And, but it's also a bit useless. It's like, they're yeah. a good kind of like, you can see why they, they were together, but also why they split up. Mm. And it's, it's not like, yeah, it's not a great writing on their behalf. Like, I don't think they do. She doesn't really have much to work with. This really is like Sam Neill. It's Sam Neill, H. Macy, and um, his offside of Billy. Yeah. They're kind of the three central parts here, and she's really just sort of along for the plot, which, you know, is a criticism of the writing more than anything. But I like Sam Neill being a mentor to Me Billy. too. Yeah. Trying to be. Yeah. yeah. What do you think of the mercenaries? I I didn't I don't mind their hubris at the start with like we're going to set up a rim, up a perimeter and then we can do all this and then like straight away it just all turns to shit and they're like take off take off leave him behind he's a professional. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then they the don't really do much else. They're just fodder from there essentially. Yeah, they really are, aren't they? Yeah, because they yeah they die super quick. None actually. none of them survive. No, that's good. That's what you need in a Jurassic Park movie. <laughs> but yeah, you need a you need a body count. Yeah, I think they're um all of these movies, especially probably third one, I think would benefit a lot. Actually, no, number two as well. They both benefit, I think, from not having the same the same dynamic of like 
you know, we are, we're normal people stuck on this island. We've got to escape. I think number two or three should have been get like, should at least have like the mercenaries as the main characters. And, you know, you can have something, I don't, I don't want to be the whole, I don't want to go down the path of like, let's rewrite this movie is how I would like it. That's, that's not good criticism. But the, the, the mercenaries are always a cool idea of like, you know, they're here looking, they're here looking to profit off these creatures. And, you know, but they learn they're more than just animals. They can learn their, these wonderful things and they, the heart of gold, whatever. I don't know. They learn to love. They learn to love. Or they're like, hey, maybe we shouldn't try to hunt these or maybe we shouldn't try to tame these. Let just let them be. You know, like that's kind of a that seems like a really natural way to tell the story, but they always have the same they always go back to the same plot of here's three people trying to get off the island. Yeah. And it, yeah. In both of them, I was like, I wish they had just done it a bit differently, but like, let's have people trying to get on the island. Like, let's do a heart, let's do a heart of darkness. Let's do War of the Planet of the Apes, but with dinosaurs. <laughs> and learn to speak at the end. And that, they yes. Do. And then they learn to speak and then we learn to love. <laughs> yeah. Dope. I, I like the ending of this movie too where Laura Dern just calls in everyone to go and save them. Like, I don't know. That feels like a really natural response to finding out someone's stuck on the dinosaur island. Yeah. It does, my question I don't know is, how she has all those connections to get yeah, so the whole my, army out there. But My question is, William H. Macy explains that the, just the not the Senate, what is it? The, um, the, foreign, the foreign group in a different country. The U.S. Embassy? Yeah, the embassy. Yeah, he explains that the embassy won't do a single thing. They're just like, yeah. oh, your, your son's dead. But apparently Laura Dern, retired paleontologist, is <laughs> just right. like, I, I can get everybody. <laughs> Leave and- Iraq and go. <laughs> 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 yeah, I What's don't know. Point? It's a little unbelievable. I don't, how do you, where would you even start? Who would you call if you had to get the military out somewhere to save someone? Like, I don't even know where you would start with that. Yeah, like, do you go to your local police? Like, can you transfer <laughs> me, please, to the military? Do you get on to your local member? I don't know. That's a, that's a great... the president. There's a hotline. You will be waiting 16 days to talk to him. Yeah, I don't know. It's a great question. Yeah. I mean, you're, it's, it's, a, it's just a natural way to end it, though. It's like, how are they really going to get out of here? Don't worry, the army turns up. It's yeah. a good... It's a reliable go. trope. I guess after they all got off the first one, because... All these movies talk about how they're like, you know, they're known celebrities after getting off Jurassic yeah. Park. So maybe that's it. Maybe she had like some contacts through there that are like, you know, yeah, powerful people in politics. She probably out. had, who was yeah. the president? Who was, she probably had George Bush's number after they, you know, <laughs> yeah. he, was a bit of a, he was a bit of a flirt. Yeah. Possible. Yeah. What, what do you think with them going the different direction and, Going away from Sam Neill and Laura Dern's relationship, like obviously they tease that oh they've had kids at the start, and then it's like oh wait no he's not the dad it's she's happily it's... married and he's this roguish guy on his own. I'm happy with it because Sam Neill is much older. Like so, she, Laura Dern was born in '67, he was born in '47, so he's like 20 years a senior. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's it a... makes it feels like a natural evolution of their relationship as well. Mm. And it puts him in a good stead to be, you know, chasing after a kid again, right? Like, yeah, it is going back to the well a bit, but but there is a like, yeah, because that's teasing the first one, isn't it? Like the whole he doesn't the first want one's kids. like he yeah. doesn't want kids, but she's like, are like, we together in the first one? Not really. Like, I thought so. Yeah, it's it is a little ambiguous because like um, she's very much like we should be having kids. I feel Ian, I feel Ian like Mal- but like, Ian Malcolm's like flirting with her, and she's she's kind of into it. Mm. And because doesn't yeah. he also ask him like is she? He taken? asks and him he and he's yes. like, yeah, yeah, she is taken, but I'm not, I'm never convinced. Yeah, I'm that's convinced of their relationship. Maybe, yeah, he just doesn't want to. He just doesn't want Malcolm getting her. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's good, like because that did that was one little thing in the first one. You like it's you know that classic trope of like middle aged directors who were like, there's no one more attractive to women than a middle aged man, yeah. and Laura Dern was like a very attractive, you know, real. What was he? What was she at the time? Sixty-seven. So that she was in her mid-twenties. Like she was young. And so Sam Neill was in his mid-forties at the time. It's like, ah, oh, this is a bit of it's Sam Neill. Look, Neil. I look. I know he's he's he a silver Brosnan light. <laughs> he's, a, he's a silver fox, to be sure. But Laura Dern is Laura Dern. Like she's you know she's one of the beautiful actresses we've had. Mm. So I I think it's I like that that natural. I like that way of being like he they aren't together. She has a happy life with a kid. And see, there's kind of a sadness to 
Sam yeah. where he's like, he clearly likes that kid, and he's like, oh, I don't have any dinosaur man. Yeah, I, exactly. I could have yeah. chosen this, but I didn't. Yeah, yeah. but I chose freaking dinosaur. <laughs> and Billy, Billy and the Clonosaur. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of his whole um his little thing? Stealing the raptor oh. eggs. Yeah, stealing the eggs and. It feels a little st- stupid. Like it feels like a dumb move, a real dumb move. Mm. But I mean, he's young and brash, and I don't know. The resolution like of that is worse. But like the playing, the playing of the ocarina. You'd think he wouldn't take. He'd, yeah, you'd think he'd know that that's bad news. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of nice that it's him screwing up and not the parents again, because they do plenty yeah. of stuff up on the, as it is. That's true. Yeah, I like would how it, already in, oh, you go. I was say, would it have been obviously we go the happy ending and the military arrive and save the day, and he's like, okay, we're all good. Would it have been just a cool dark ending for them to realize they're just trapped there forever? <laughs> like, there's that is, no that way off. Extremely dark. There's no all way right. to communicate, and they're just on this island with these dinosaurs forever. All right. Then twenty years later, Jurassic World Chris comes Pratt, out. Chris Pratt goes there. And Sam Neill is like this ripped he's old, like, the like savage. He's yeah, going all caveman. He's there gone go. tribal, and he's like, I ate, I ate William H. Macy. He's, he's tamed the raptors. He tamed the raptors with the ocarina. Yeah. Like, what happened to the oh. other characters? I ate them all. Yeah, he's like, yeah. I can't eat dinosaur flesh, but I can eat man flesh. <laughs> That's a good idea. He, ro- he rides a T Rex. Here we go. This oh, is yeah. why we're not directors. <laughs> That's the, that's the spin-off we should have had. We got ripped off. I could yeah. see one of the parents dying as a nice dark yeah. ending. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. It's probably a little play. Macy should have died probably. Yeah, yeah. potentially. Especially since, they, especially since they started to resolve their problems too. Like it's almost, it, it almost yeah. feels like he should, one of them shouldn't have made it. That's the thing. It's yeah. a very, it is a pretty syrupy ending. Like they get yeah. back together. The kid survives. It's, you know. Yeah, like nobody cares about Jeff or whatever his name is that took the kid with him. Like the guy who was yeah, looking no. after the kid. Even his wife, man, was yeah. over it in like that. She was just upset that the kid might have been doomed. She's yeah. like, no. they even find his body and they're like, oh, it's it's a dead body. Not it's Jeff. I miss him so much. <laughs> I don't even get what happened with that. Like he's got the camera, he gives it to the dude, and then he just never gets out of that parachute. Yeah. Something happened, man. I want to know what that kid the, did. The kid killed him and ate <laughs> that him. Kid him. It's like, you're not my real dad. Have fun. <laughs> he this said is how I'll cold. get my parents back together. He actually, yeah, he, convinced him. <laughs> he convinced him to go there. He's like, let's go to this cool park. You know, there's lots of stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. Bloody, no, look, it's bloody kids. Yeah, this movie's a lot better than number two. That's, I'm that's glad I'm not the only one in that boat. Because really the, I can't believe the reviews are so... Not that way. I don't know. I, yeah. Look, it's not a strong movie by any means, but I, I feel like this is a passable sequel. Like if this had been number two and there was a, a different number mm. three potentially, like I could just yeah. go forever without Lost right. World. Number three, Adam Driver goes back in time <laughs> to Jurassic Park to kill the dinosaurs. Good. That's see, we need to watch 65 now to see we if really do. Jurassic <laughs> Park references. It might there be a Jurassic Park is. people. We don't know. Jurassic Park references Probably. in that. It is worth noting Roger Ebert gave number three the same score as number one. Not a, not as awesome, not as awe-inspiring as the first or as elaborate as the second, but in its own B-movie way, it's a nice little thrill machine. Elaborate. That guy is that guy just a good way to, a good way to sum up movies. Mm. So, yeah. This feels like a B-movie, but that's what it should be. He's almost like one of the most respected I know, it's like, of all time or something. Who would have thought Roger Ebert was, a, was good at his job? He knew what he was talking about. Highly recommend. Check him out. Check him out. Check out his stuff. <laughs> His newest, his newest stuff is interesting. Mm. All right. Obvious obvious order is one, three, two. I don't think anybody's going to disagree with that. One, three, two. Hot take. Number one's the worst. Yeah, no. Definitely. Anything else we want to add about Jurassic Park? Did either of you guys see this when it came out, the third one? When it, like, at the movies? Because I remember when it came out, like, I have vague memories of it happening and, you know, sort of it existing. I was always too young. I just didn't care, so I didn't see it. But no, no, no. okay. I was over my my dinosaur phase by then. I was into games. I was into video games. <laughs> <laughs> and all my problems started. <laughs> need, we need to have a two rock movie. 
was, every time I think about dinosaurs in 65, I was like, this is just Turok. Yeah, Why don't we have Turok? Yeah. We do need a Turok movie. That seems like an untapped untapped well. Is Turok good, though? Why isn't there any more Turok oh, games? Like, the games have got their own separate problems. It's a great concept. Like, mm. Although, yeah. the same, it's kind of that... Because it's an old comic, right? So maybe it's one of those... It's like the John Carter problem. It's a bit too... Maybe it's too ridiculous for people. I don't know. Hmm. All right, that's Jurassic Park. We're not doing Jurassic World ever. We might do it one day. But <laughs> next week, Indiana Jones and the one, the Dial of Destiny. Dial is that of what it's Destiny. Yeah. We've done the other four movies. We've got to do the fifth one. Yes. We'll see. If this may, may not be the last movie. I don't know. Surely. It's the last Harrison Ford movie is my understanding. Yeah. It last Harrison Ford movie? The last Harrison no, Ford Indiana no. Jones movie, indie movie. Yes. Yeah, okay. Harrison Ford will he'll be acting until he dies, I think. Yeah, I like the theory that he's not allowed to fly his plane anymore. Callista won't let him, so yeah. he's got <laughs> he's got to act. He's got to act. What else can you do with his time? <laughs> you sh- you yeah. should watch Drinking. Anyway, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Looking forward to it. Join us oh, next, yeah. next fortnight for that. Uh, yes. If you enjoyed this podcast. You might enjoy this book by Conan Clark, The Taste of Iron. They're not similar at all. They're not similar at all, but uh, The Taste of Iron is very good. Well thought out book. Sequels coming that aren't rushed just to just to make the movies. The movies are going to come <laughs> no. at the end. He's got dinosaurs. Rush, no. Definitely got dinosaurs. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for the good, the bad, and the worst. Uh, rate us on iTunes and Spotify, and tell your parents about us so they listen too. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Please do. Peace. See ya.